Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again by Derek Nickel. What's up, Derek? How are you feeling? Once again, once you are joined again. by me. Once, once again. again, um, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah. leaving for Cabo next week, so Ooh. I'm not really, I'm not really at work this week. I'll put it that way. I'm just yeah. I'm there, but I'm not really there. I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm here in physical presence only. <laughs> to be honest with you, man, I just put in my two weeks, so I'm kind of checked out. All right, what should I do for work then? Chef. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what people listen to this podcast for: is deep cut Family Guy references. Reference, just yeah, from the first like what five seasons? Yeah. <laughs> Old Family Guy, Lacey Chabert Family Guy. <laughs> yes, the OG stuff. <laughs> um, Derek, what? So you're preparing for Cabo. What's the, what's mm -hmm. the? Uh, is it just for vacation? Is there a specific? Oh, just vacation. Okay. I'm not going for. I wish I was going for business. That would be nice <laughs> to have the kind of job where I'd have to go to Cabo for business. <laughs> business or um, pleasure? A <laughs> little bit of both. <laughs> um, no, that's fun. No. Are you staying yeah, at, a, a at a resort? Yes, so we're staying at a resort. We got an all-inclusive package, so nice. we're just going to be partying. Nice. Get wasted yes. on the beach. Oh, planning to. Yeah. That's at least one of the day's activities. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, what are you plan what are your plans for the day? To get drunk on this beach. Yeah. We're going to go that we're going to go on that hike. I don't think we're going to make that hike. <laughs> I don't think we're going to make that hike. <laughs> we could go for a hike in the middle of this room. <laughs> you know, I feel like if we just get some pieces and put them together, we could just build that rocket ship. Oh, good, good, deep stuff that just we just alienated like everyone. Yeah. If yeah. you haven't seen it, um, Ass Cat from UCB <laughs> yeah. recorded their first show at the Franklin Theater. Uh, mm -hmm. It's out in the internet somewhere. Go watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is very funny. Um, that's cool, man. But so getting how, back how, to the topic at hand, that's what we're that's what we're doing. I'm just planning on getting drunk on the beach and reading a bunch of. Uh, I bought the uh, the other two Conan the Barbarian books, so I'm going to be reading those ooh. as well. Yeah. All right. What are those? They're fun. They're. Are, they're I was going to say, what are those books like? Okay, so really, it's uh, you encounter Conan doing something, and okay. like in the middle of robbing somebody or like fighting uh -huh. somebody, and then he goes mm -hmm. like he'll be on like an adventure, and then some like hot lady mm -hmm. will come into the picture, and he'll have sex with her, of and then yeah, and then he'll go on more adventures with her and protect her and be that you know machismo i'm the man kind of like you know outdated masculinity mm -hmm. rules um yep. which is why they're fun to read because it's just so he's just so like overtly macho that yep. it just it gets funny at times where it's like because literally all he wants people to do is run screaming from him in terror that's all he mm -hmm. wants that's yeah. all he wants in life is to serve his god crom and his god crom wants him to like <laughs> kill and murder and like live his life because once he dies he goes to the endless gray wastes where he just wanders for eternity <laughs> So, like, get your kicks in while you can while you're alive because once you're done, you're done. So that's, like, Conan's belief system. So that's why he's just, like – and he's just, like, this bar like murderous barbarian, this drinker and fighter and, like, you know, lover of women and high adventure. And it's – um, this is what – these books are what had started the whole swords and sandals like genre mm -hmm. of like literature and like movies and stuff like that. These helped, so it's good. I like it. The movies don't do the books justice, mm -hmm. um, but because the books are just mostly like little vignettes, like little adventures and stuff. Um, there's not really like an overarching story, right? 
there's just more kind of like, of this the is adventures an adventure of that, yeah yeah the adventures of the further adventures of Conan the Barbarian yeah. <laughs> this week on Conan <laughs> yeah straight up that's basically what it is I, yeah. that's that's funny that's what I should put as the sound cue every time I start a new chapter <laughs> this week on Conan <laughs> um, but no. But no, they're good. They're fun. They're just easy reads, and yeah. they're kind of they're silly, and it's mm-hmm. fun with this with the mysticism, and it's a fun like universe to kind of go into because there's like wizards and witches and like all sorts of crazy stuff. So nice, yeah. I'm it's a good that. time. It's a good time. I feel like that will pair well with some uh, with some drinks on the beach. I uh, yeah, I would hope so. Um, I'm thinking so. Anyway, how are you? What have you been up to this? Um, I'm well. I am. Um, what did I do this week? Oh, I was. Uh, I'll plug this. I was a guest on a podcast. Um, oh yeah. I don't want to mess up the name, so I'm going to look it up in my email. Good call. Um, let me double check. Best little horror house. Horror house in Philly. Best little horror house in Philly. It Best little horror house in Philly is a yes is a movie a horror movie podcast that I was a guest on. They bring on people. Uh, the premise of the show is uh, every every horror movie is the best horror movie, according to the guest, and we talk about why is the premise. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, and so, um, and he, w- uh, he uh, <laughs> it was funny when um, G- George, who is the podcast host, when he reached out to me to do it, he uh, was like, yeah, feel free to pick any movie we haven't done, and I'm like, <laughs> I look at the list, I'm like, there's a lot of movies on here. <laughs> yeah, most of them are ones I want to talk about. Yeah. So, um, but he was, uh, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a comical show. So, um, uh, he, he's very loose on what the, the term horror actually means. It's kind of up to the guest to decide. So, so I went, with I went with the, yes, <laughs> I went with mannequin too. Um, Ooh, fun. no, I, no, I didn't. I went with, um, uh, uh, a favorite of ours, uh, 1999, uh, uh, That's what it was. You went uh, with the Mummy. Yeah, I went with the Mummy. Nineteen ninety nine. Brendan Fraser. Summers. Mummy, Brendan Fraser. Yes, the good one. Uh, it's a classic movie. Uh, it, yes, it some is. Some fantastic horror elements to it that I think oh are my God, underrated. Some amazing horror elements. Yeah. So we talked about that, and it was a good time. It was a lot of fun, cool. and that's what I did this week. Speaking of movies that we both love, yeah, I introduced AJ to a movie that she'd never seen before. Mm. On Fourth of July, we watched Mission Impossible Two. Ooh, the John mm-hmm. Woo Mission Impossible. Yes, sir. <laughs> How was that? Um, she was just as impressed with the motorcycle fights as we are, meaning she laughed her way through the entire deal because it's just so over the top. And it was funny because we were watching the movie and she goes, she's like, I feel like I've seen this director's style before. I was like, you have. We watched Face Off. <laughs> she was like, no. It's like, it's the same director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doves. Yep. Just flittering around, every face masks just intermittently changing. No matter yeah, what, everyone's what's going got on a face before. mask on. Always. Everyone's got a face mask on, <laughs> even Tandy Newton. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I like love that movie. Uh, for it, it all the wrong reasons, it occupies a special place in my heart. Oh, yeah, it's not a good movie. I it, love it because it is so bad. That mo- that movie is like, it's like Mountain Dew Code Red. You know, <laughs> like it you probably should not do drink a movie. this very often, but when you do, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's quite a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Um, yeah, I love it a lot. Uh, she loved it just as much as we do and was like, I want to watch it again. I was like, no, you can't spoil it. Yeah, you gotta, that's I think you got to. 
pace it out. That's the last time we saw ear-length hair, Tom Cruise. <laughs> mm-hmm. That and um, Vanilla Sky. Oh, yes, that's right, Vanilla Sky. That was around that. the same time. That's true. Um, was he in Steel Magnolias, too, or am I just confusing Vanilla Sky? <laughs> Steel Whatever. Vaginas. This isn't a Tom Cruise podcast. <laughs> we don't really need to know. We're not experts on Tom Cruise. We're just fans. Yeah, we're just fans. Of his movies, not his personal life. I would like to be very clear. <laughs> yeah. um, I do not endorse anything Tom Cruise does off the screen. <laughs> if he's not on a movie screen, mm-hmm. I don't endorse anything that comes out of that man's mouth. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did this week. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Um Shall we? Uh, not not a whole lot of news this week. Um, yeah, everybody's been silent because Comic Con's coming yep. up. But um, something I did just see that I got very excited about mm-hmm. that I don't think you knew about. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Sylvester Stallone's going to be in a superhero movie for MGM? I didn't know that. What's the called movie? Samaritan? Oh, what is that? Um. Upcoming action thriller starring Sylvester Stallone as a former superhero who has been off the radar for over two decades. Mm-hmm. That's all it says. Oh, I wonder if it's based on. I've heard. I think I've heard of this. Uh, that story, uh, the or the, the comic book that it's based on. Um, I think it's a. Here we go. Okay, in the film, thirteen-year-old Sam Cleary suspects that his mysterious and reclusive neighbor. Uh, Mr. Smith, uh, creative, is actually a legend hiding in plain sight, reads the synopsis. 20 years ago, Granite City's superpowered vigilante Samaritan was reported dead after a fiery warehouse battle with his rival Nemesis. Oh, also creative. Most <laughs> believe Samaritan perished in the fire, but some in the city, like Sam, have hoped that he is still alive, with crime on the rise and the city on the brink of chaos. Hold on, I gotta say. <clears throat> mm-hmm. With crime on the rise and the city on the brink of chaos, Sam makes it his mission to coax his neighbor out of hiding to save the city from ruin. <laughs> this summer, MGM presents a movie that no one wants to watch. <laughs> um, so I do, re- I do remember this. Um, this is uh, it's part of an anthology series that was an Image comic first, and then became a Vertigo Vertigo comic, and then went back sense. to being an Image comic. Um, in 2022, they they now have the rights for all these characters, and mm. um, if I'm not mistaken, there are some really cool like characters. It's it's kind of like a um, uh, it's similar to the boys or like um, not in tone or anything, but it's similar to the boys or like um, what's that other show, um. I feel like, or like Invincible, or all all these kind of like non Marvel slash DC superhero uh, franchises. I think it, it it they they all um, are up against. They all have an uphill fight against like Marvel yeah. and DC because those characters are oh, so yeah. well known. Uh, well, yeah, and yeah. they're also <laughs> they've also been established since for decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, Totally. So, like, but, but this is from what I have understood from what I've heard on other podcasts and stuff like that, stuff like that. Like the 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 anthology series Astro City that this character is from is like actually a really good anthology and was kind of like you cool. know has some really cool characters in it. Um, uh, Samaritan being one of them. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Oh, apparently. Done. I don't know if I want to see Sylvester Stallone as a superhero, though. Yeah. His last outing as Rambo really left a real horrible taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not because of him necessarily, but just the movie itself. Just It was like, oh, you made this. Yep. Okay. And this has a lot to say that's anti-Latin people. So yeah. I'm not exactly like a fan. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there's a, I believe. But we'll see. Yeah. No, totally. I totally hear what you're saying. Um, hold on. I want to look up something because I think this has something to do with this, and I could be wrong. But let me see. Um, uh, oh, that's no, a Valiant comic. Okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, Samaritan sounds interesting. Obviously, him being old is probably going to be a part of what the character has going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think Sylvester Stallone is, uh, is interesting because I think he is... If I'm going to cast a character like this, I think it works on a meta level to use Sylvester Stallone because if you're if you're operating with a vil, or a a superhero who like part of the conceit is that he's uh, a superhero of former glory i think sylvester stallone mm-hmm. kind of captures that because we all know him as rocky and and rambo and now he's like old and 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 it's the same thing for the character you know and what i mean still trying yeah and still trying so yeah we'll see um the expendables 3 was on tv yesterday while i was at work oh. and um boy is that a movie <laughs> It is a movie. <laughs> Someone was like, "What movie is this?" I was like, "It was one of the movies that's been created in the time that movies have been around." Yeah, that those movies are just so easily forgettable. Like they're just not not what they could have been. I didn't even remember which one it was. I had to look it I was like, "Oh, which like I had to look on the cable like menu to remind myself which one it was." And then even then I still didn't remember why everybody was in it. Mhm. So apparently yeah, apparently, I'm just reading up a little bit more about Samaritan. Apparently, he's from the future, and time travels back to modern-day Earth to do things and whatnot, which is okay. why he's old. Um, so, yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Gross. Ew. Gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, old. I don't want to touch you. <laughs> um, so, yes. Uh, cool. Cool. Samaritan, I'm into it. Um yep. we'll see what we'll see what happens from there. Um but shall we get into the movie we both saw this weekend, the main event? We should. Here? The one thing I do want to say and point out is that uh, Captain America 4 found its director. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we mm-hmm. might have mentioned that last week. I don't think it came out last week. No. Okay. Well, yes. Okay. No. Do you want to uh touch on who that is? Yeah, yeah. Um Julius Ona. Okay. Uh, Ona recently helmed uh, Cloverfield Paradox in 2018. Mm-hmm. Which was and, a film. Uh, Loose in 20... That was a film as well. Mm-hmm. And Loose in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the latter film debuted at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival and won three Indie Spirit Award nominations. The Cloverfield So movie? that's about all... Yeah, for Loose. Oh, for Loose. Sorry. L-U-C-E. 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 Lusa. Loose. Okay. Loose. Loose. I'm not sure. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. That's the only, uh, those are the only... Yeah, what I will um, say about, um, you know, most people don't remember the last Cloverfield movie as being a good movie. And mm -hmm. it is not, by any stretch of the imagination. No. Even John Goodman can't save it. (laughs) Um, No, no, this is the other one. Is that Cloverfield Lane? Then I have not seen Paradox. Oh, yeah, no. Ten Cloverfield Lane I actually really enjoyed. Um, the, The Cloverfield Paradox is a far worse movie. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's like a, it's, it's basically, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, it's the movie with Lawrence Fishburne and Dustin Hoffman. Um, and there's like a portal to hell, but it's like in a black hole event horizon. Oh, event horizon. Yes. Yeah. It's like event horizon, except 
it's 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 this young is the people. One. Okay, that's the one of the trailers that I saw that I went immediately yeah. no. Chris O'Dowd is in it from the IT crowd. Okay. Like yeah, it's like a it's a it's a crew of 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 interstellar uh space people from Earth who encounter like a weird thing in space while Cloverfield is happening on Earth, essentially. Gotcha. And they're kind of tied into each other. It's not a good movie, um, but it 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 is not necessarily due to the directing because the actors are fine and all the sequences are fine. It's tense when it needs to be. It's just nothing about the script makes any sense. So it's the writing is the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see what this uh, what Julius Ona has to bring to the table, and hopefully it comes out good. I'm I'm rooting for. Everyone who's making stuff. <laughs> oh, me too. Um, all right. So we both saw Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth mm-hmm. Thor movie. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, has any other singular hero in the Avengers had four films? Nope. Wow. That's Iron Man didn't even get it. That's true. That's I guess one of the reasons why I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, but I guess uh, if you pretend like Thor the Dark World doesn't exist which is which Marvel Studios does <laughs> pretty much Marvel Studios <laughs> Marvel Studios is starting to uh pretend that Thor the Dark World doesn't exist and that the Eternals doesn't exist right <laughs> exactly um, because the Eternals is the worst rated movie of Marvel of the MCU of all time like it's worse than and, and I agree like, I enjoyed it less than Dark World yeah for sure um yes I would agree with that um, Dark at World le- at least still has some like whimsy to it, right? Yeah, and Thor the Dark World knew the story it was trying to tell in a very focused right. way, um, whereas um, the Eternals was kind of uh, a bit of a mess. Um, this movie, um, how did you were... So Iron Man's your favorite Avenger. Um, how are you feeling mm-hmm. on Thor as a character before this in the three movies we've I seen like him Thor. in? Yeah, and were, were like you excited about this movie Thor. going in? Yeah, I was excited about this movie. Okay. Um yeah, I was really looking forward to watching this movie. Um, it looked fun. Taika Waititi again. Uh, Jane Foster's in the mix this time as Mighty Thor, which is cool. King Valkyrie's up in the up in the deal. They're going on adventures. It looked like a really mm-hmm. good time. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I also it looked, it was looked good. How about you? Yeah, I also was really looking forward to this. Uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor has as Thor has become one of my favorite characters in the MCU, especially in this phase. I think he, um, Mm -hmm. with Tony Stark, uh, gone, um, like, I feel like that left of, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was doing so much heavy lifting, uh, in terms of bringing a lot of comedy to these movies and also a lot of like, um, sort of the mentorship kind of leader role. And I think they've kind of split, uh, that role amongst Doctor Strange uh, has gotten more of like the leadership stuff, and then I feel mm-hmm. like Thor has become more of like the comic relief, like true comedy character in these movies. And I think Chris right. Chris Hemsworth is perfect for the role. Like I think he's hilarious. Oh yeah, he has a his charisma cannot be stopped. <laughs> he's the most handsome man to ever exist. Um, he's shredded. He's up there. Yeah, for sure. He's top ten. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of all time. Yeah. Of history sure. of mankind. Yeah. Like, because uh, the hottest guy from the fifties, like, can't say shit to Chris Hemsworth. Well, the hottest guy from the fifties was also eighteen, but he looked like he was uh, thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. The hottest guy in the fifties was like JFK. You know. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Well, he's the 60s, but yeah, yeah but he's yes. alive in the 50s. It works. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. He was, he was in college or something. <laughs> yeah, he's, he was around. Yeah, he's around. Um, no, he'd have been out of college. He'd have been like a lawyer or whatever he was before he was president. <laughs> On a PT boat, I know that, where he messed up his back, and then that's why they injected him full of meth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a crazy um, doctor. Yeah, they did not know what they were doing in medicine in the 50s. No, they did not. They're like, well, it worked for the Nazis. Let's try it with the American president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and at that and at that point, I'm sure some of the doctors that were working on him were probably former Nazis. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They were former Nazis or children of former Nazis taking over an Operation Paperclip. But we're not going to go into that because I'll sound insane. Yeah. Look, if you can hire ex-Nazis to work on Disneyland, I'm sure they had ex-Nazi doctors working on the president. Working on the president. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but in any event. Um, uh, <laughs> back to Thor. Yeah, back to Thor. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I was, excuse me, I was um, excited for um, this movie. Um, I was excited for Christian Bale to be in a Marvel movie. Super stoked mm-hmm. for that. Um, and I loved Thor, Thor Ragnarok, honestly. I think it, it, it took the character. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, it took the character to a place that I think feels really natural for, like, the character and for Chris Hemsworth as an actor. So I, I Plus, really was, Taika Waititi breathe life into Thor in the sense that like showing you that Thor can be fun and Thor is supposed yes. to be fun. He's this raucous drinking partying animal that cruises, you know, the universe yep. like fighting bad guys and like loving women or basically anyone that has a hole mm-hmm. if you're following the comic books. <laughs> yeah. um, that's my favorite thing honestly about the modern Thor fandom that we have in our country mm-hmm. is all these hyper masculine dudes that are like, "Oh, yeah, Thor, I like Thor." And I'm like, "Do you know that Thor is pansexual?" Mhm. They don't because I'm that. pretty sure you'd freak out if they knew that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, a hole is a hole to that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, and oh boy, does he does he just use that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. I yeah, I love Thor. I love the current incarnation of of him, and and this is great. I was really looking forward yeah. to this movie. Um, and I like that now that we've had Jane Foster introduced. Mm-hmm. Because I think now we're kind of leaning towards making Thor. Like, I think we're closer to hear, seeing Thor make out with a dude. Yeah. And totally. I'm kind of down for it. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to be in the theater and listen to people's hearts just crumble when they're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, be great. So coming out of it, um, what is your reaction to the movie? Um, were your expectations met? Um, were they exceeded? Were they not met? How did you feel coming out, out of the film? I was wildly disappointed in this movie. Okay. Um, I don't feel like it lived up to the potential that it could have at all. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it did anything with the characters in any like unique way mm-hmm. that we. I don't even feel like this movie was warranted to be made mm. just with the way that it didn't do anything. Yeah. It didn't really do it. Nothing really happens in that movie. Right. Like, and it wastes, it burns and wastes all these characters and all these great. Like, keep in mind, th- gore is more powerful than Thanos in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Did he seem that way to you in the movie? No, he did not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They they need a villain for Phase Four real bad, and they need to start working towards that. They need a goal for Phase Four because yeah. they clearly do not have one. And that was the reason where I felt like I wasn't sad that I went to see the movie, and I wasn't disappointed that I spent the money on it. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed in the movie because it felt phoned in, and it felt like no one, the only right. people that actually cared about the movie were Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman and Christian Bale. Yeah. 
that was it. Everybody else's performance felt phoned in or just mm-hmm. not there. The direction, there was no direction. It kind of aimed, the movie just aimlessly wanders through some sort of story plot that's borrowing from five. It felt like Chris Hemsworth wanted to make a Thor dad movie. Yeah. It felt like, and it felt like, it felt like, uh, Taika Waititi wanted to make a King Valkyrie and Mighty Thor adventure movie together mm-hmm. without without Thor, yeah. Chris Hemsworth Thor. Yes. And so what happened was this mo- this movie felt very studio interfered with yes. and very like guided, and it was a very big studio movie. And for that reason alone, I say this is not one of my favorites. Yeah. I walked out severely disappointed, and I walked out very much like, wow, it's like you didn't even try. Yeah. Totally. Um, now, that's just me. So if you <laughs> loved it, let's get into it, and then we can have you know um, opposite I will, opposing views. But sure, sure, of course. Uh, I will say I did not love the movie. Um, to me, I will describe it like this: uh, as as Southern California people, um, we enjoy an In and Out Burger. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in and Out is a staple of Southern California cuisine. Um, every once in a while, so the thing that I, uh, most people love about In and Out, besides it tasting fantastic, is that it's affordable. It's very cheap for the quality of food, and the quality is typically very, very, very consistent. You can go to any In and Out yes. at any time, and it's going to be great. Every oh, yeah. once in a while, though, every once in a blue moon, when the stars align, I will get an In and Out order where there's a very minuscule like dissatisfaction with it. Most there's commonly, a sli- I know what you mean. Yeah, most commonly it's the fries. Like sometimes it'll be like the fries are cold, or they were cooked maybe a little too long, um, and and that's usually the extent of it. Where you're like, huh. It's still in and out and tastes good. It's just this is one of the rare times where they've deviated from the quality, and I think this is an example of that. So, like, I, I can, I can go ahead. I can counter. I think I know exactly another way to say what you're saying mm-hmm. is what I say to people at the shop all the time when they're like, mm-hmm. "Is this brewery good?" I'm like, "Look, here's the deal. Yeah. That beer from that brewery." is good Mm -hmm. it's not as good as their other beers but that doesn't mean it's a bad beer you're still going to enjoy it but if you had some of their uh, this brewery's other offerings you'd be like oh i like these better right totally that's how i felt about thor love and thunder yes uh yes i felt the same way um i think it wasn't a failure but it wasn't a a success no i i think and i'm gonna you know uh i think when something like marvel continually puts out as high quality stuff as they do i think it's it's rational to kind of shoot them some bail in moments like this i can so this movie was shot during covid um and i think covid really put a wrench in what they were trying what marvel was trying to do as a whole and uh, not just with this movie but i think in general i think they when covid hit and they weren't sure when movies were kind of back, coming back. I think a lot of things got delayed. Uh, a lot of the bigger stuff, like bigger budgeted stuff, I feel like got mm-hmm. delayed. And so they kind of had to stall with other things. And I think that kind of changed the trajectory of all these larger movies. Um, I think there were, yeah. and and I'm sure that there were things that they wanted to do with this movie that um, they they had to abandon because of covid restrictions and things that they couldn't do um they were there were, i know for a fact that there were things shot for this movie that weren't in there in there uh um, i was listening to um weekly planet last week and they were talking about uh uh jeff goldblum had scenes in this movie that were cut lena heady lena had, 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 had stuff going on yeah so i'm think I, what i think i think that this movie um had COVID never happened, would probably have been a much different movie. I think oh, for sure. I think when 
COVID hit, I, I I would not have been surprised if this movie was more of a Natalie Portman, Mighty Thor vehicle at first. Um, but when COVID hit, they were like, okay, look, we're going to have to change the script drastically, and we need we need Chris Hemsworth in all of this because we're not sure what this is going to be like on the other side of this. So let's get Chris Hemsworth in here and let's retool this story. And I think what you're talking about, I feel like there are like, yeah, there's like three movies happening here. And I think Mm -hmm. um, they don't all um, intersect very well. Um, And I think ultimately the, the, the villain I think is in the wrong movie. Like I think, I I would love to yeah, see a. This is not Gore's movie. No, I would love to see a standalone Thor against Gore movie where there's you know, a a homicidal maniac and and they can just feel free to like really indulge that story and really oh, go yeah. there. Well, to keep in mind this the the movie the story in the comic books it messes with time travel. Mm-hmm. At the end, it's young Thor, mm-hmm. middle Thor where we meet where we know Thor now mm-hmm. and oh, and King Thor mm-hmm. like at the end where after he's had his arm ripped off by Malakath and he's got mm-hmm. like the metal arm and like he's got Stormbreaker and a, and the sword and Mjolnir um but it's the three of them together mm-hmm fighting gore and that's the only way like how great would that have been if you'd had three different amazing. versions of the same thor all fighting because at one point gore to create this bomb to, that's going to kill all gods it's fueled by the heart of a god that he kills mm-hmm. but in order to go and get the heart of one of the original gods he kills yeah. a chrono god bathes in its blood to go back in time to <laughs> then kill said god to get the heart so it's this story is like metal as hell yes and like they just nerfed everything about it and it's like he just felt like the boogeyman for kids that's my other problem problem when did this become a kids movie <laughs> uh probably in at, at some point so when someone was like put my kid in it yeah yeah so that actress is, is their Chris birthday? Hemsworth's, uh daughter in real life um so that's so why stupid. she's in the movie um yes i think at some point the decision was the, the, the de- decision was made to give thor a daughter for the future um and I think the decision was made at that point to make this movie a little bit more of a kid-friendly movie. And I think I think them trying to tell the story of Gore and do the Natalie Portman thing and do this kid thing and tie it into um, Guardians of the Galaxy, it was just doing a lot. And I think it could have... This script, I think, overall could have used another pass um, because we'll, oh, we'll get into it, but yeah. there's some motivation and character things in here that I'm just like, wait, what? That doesn't really make oh, sense. Oh, really? <laughs> really? You got confused by character motivations? Because yeah. there are no character motivations. Yeah. <laughs> Half this movie is they do things and go places because the script just says so. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so it's just yeah. Overall, I was I was I won't say that I was disappointed because I I had as like I had a good enough time with it to where like I was like oh that you know that's a fine movie like I wasn't mad at it but it's one of those things like where the more you think about it it's like man it, this movie uh, whatever it was suffering from really suffered from it and that's unfortunate. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But you know what I think? It, straight up, you know what I'm going to place solely on the blame on huh. is studio interference. Yeah, it feels like that. I think studio executives got their claws into this. 
they don't know and as we've seen time and time again mm-hmm. unless it's like something like Star Wars the original 70s Star Wars right. studio executives do not know what they're doing Like when it's already this successful, when it's going to sell no matter what, just give the fans Mm -hmm. what they want. You don't need to do anything different. I didn't want to see Thor with children. I wanted to see Thor run around (laughs) with mighty Thor and King Valkyrie and fight Gore as he kills gods. That's what the movie Mm -hmm. should have been. If you wanted to make a make a kid show, then it should have been like, oh, fun times with Thor on Disney Plus. Yeah, because at the end, when he gives them all his powers, this is my big. My big problem and i don't have a problem with the fact that empower kids and the message and all that stuff the message that was there was great like i'm not knocking that but my problem is is like when i have a hero that i want to see kick some ass thor doesn't really do anything in this movie mm-hmm. he doesn't really kick he doesn't really he does it in the beginning but he doesn't really kick any ass in this movie mm-hmm. it's like when you had the opportunity when all the shadow stuff well the shadow creatures and stuff were running around and the kids are all filled with lightning and all that stuff which i thought was just why are we doing this mm-hmm. then that's like it takes away from the ability for mighty thor and thor to do what they do and to prove why they're there mm-hmm. to like fight the bad guy like it kept the kids if the kids can this is my other problem it's kind of like what we talked about on obi-wan kenobi if the kids can save themselves then why the hell do you need the hero right yeah or the kids yeah <laughs> yeah I think, yeah, I think, I, I, I wonder, I mean, there's no way we would ever know this, but no. I feel like adding Natalie Portman to this movie um, was a decision that was made at some point, and I think when that decision was made, I think the movie, like, her, that character arc feels like, it, like, the story they're telling with, with Thor and Natalie Portman, I liked it, but I feel like that's a, a different movie. Um, than what else within everything else that was going on um and i would have loved i would have loved to see a mighty thor and king valkyrie like series or even a film um where they they accomplished the same arc but without the expense of this thor and gore um storyline because i think that that storyline really suffers from what they have to accomplish in this um, other story with Natalie Portman. You they know what I mean? do so much. They have to do so much lifting to explain why the three of them are going on an adventure together. Yeah, that it detracts from the villain. Yeah, again, it's a villain that people should be terrified of. You should have nightmares about this guy. And yeah. I'm not. Why would you be scared of him? It's just Christian Bale with scars on his face and a white robe, <laughs> giggling in a cage in space. Yeah, because well, because what the movie? He literally just feels like the boogeyman for kids. Like, he just scares children the entire time. He doesn't yeah. actually, like, scare... I'm just like, no. Gore is supposed to... The gods are supposed to be scared of this guy. Like, yeah. they're... It's just... Oh, like, it's just... It, they they wasted. It's a giant... It was a waste of Christian Bale, and it was a waste of this character, and it mm-hmm. was a waste of Mighty Thor, and they kill her off at the end, or do they? I hated that whole, like, mechanic, like, at the end. I'm like, this is all... Like, it's just... No one... It just felt like no one knew what they wanted this movie to be, and so no one made an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was yeah, I feel like they were trying to like the they they couldn't decide whether they wanted this movie to be about okay, well, Thor is going to go on an arc where he learns to become a father. Okay. Um that's cool. You don't necessarily need gore for that, but okay. And then but they also wanted to tell the story of, you know, sort of Thor and Natalie Portman reconciling and and 
you know, learning in Thor, essentially learning the power of love and like the value of loving, even if it's even if it's fleeting. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's all those things in there, um, but they couldn't decide what they wanted like the main sort of arc to be in this movie, and so it's like there's a bunch of different arcs happening, and none of them quite feel satisfying. Um, but let, let's get a little bit more also, into like. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say let's no, get a ahead. little bit more into like. We can talk a little bit more detailed about like stuff that like actually happens like because I want your opinion on a lot of different things. Um, oh yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about so, the movie. What did you think about the Natalie Portman storyline? And 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 let let's try. We we know that we there was a lot going on in this movie and they didn't all work together. But just let's talk. Try to talk about them independently of of each other and how they were executed. Sure. Um, the Natalie Portman storyline, where she, you know, she's sick, she gets cancer, the whole Mjolnir thing. Comic accurate. Yep. I wasn't, I wasn't mad about yeah. that. All, I so that all of that great. happens in the comics. All that happens in the comics. So as long as she's holding Mjolnir and she's in her Thor body, she, except in the comic books, as long as she, she is dying from cancer, but as long as she's not in her human form, she won't die. Okay. She like it'll actively fight the cancer. Um, so that part was all that was that all was 100% movie accurate like the fact that she has the broken Mjolnir mm-hmm. um that's part of her canon as well um you know her powers and all that kind of stuff like I thought they did a really good job with that her look is good um I like that they had her in a helmet which she's in a lot of mm-hmm. whereas Thor is not he's he's a face character so he's like yes I you know don't cover mm-hmm. up my face but she had her helmet on which was great because she's usually found in that and yeah it was good yeah okay yeah i i i liked it um i i liked it a lot too i think natalie portman um while she didn't particularly add much to like the comedy for me like none of the sort of the natalie portman comedy bits really worked for me no but unfortunately no i think that actress uh natalie portman as an actress brought a lot of like I think uh, nuance and subtlety to the mm-hmm. playing someone who's dying. Um, there's a way to play that that would have been really hammy and not great, but I think she's a talented enough actress. Well, I'm dying, <laughs> Thor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have long to live. Um, no, I think she did a great job. Just the entire movie. She's like, see, I would care about that, but I'm dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, I just, I really loved that, like. Thor and Natalie Portman trying to figure out their relationship and trying to um uh Natalie Portman finally feeling like strong and like and and trying to figure out a way to like live and Thor l- learning how to love even if love is fleeting and all of that and 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 then that that arc of his is completed by him now caring for this child like I love all of that I really do I think I would have loved to see that movie and then I also loved Gore and that storyline. I would have loved to see that movie. But the problem is they were both in these movies. Uh, yep. <laughs> both in this movie. Um, I Also, real yeah. quick, I don't like the way that he procured his daughter. Like, <laughs> I hate it when the bad guy turns good at the end, like the last minute. I'm like, I'm yeah. so over that as a concept. Like, can yeah. we just get bad guys that are bad guys? Like, Gore... Is just evil. Yeah. He's convinced that what he's doing is right, which is why he needs to be stomped into oblivion to get him to stop. Yeah. So, well, so like, here's what's interesting about the the way Gore was depicted. I ultimately liked what they were trying to do with the character, um, and and this is kind of going to rub up against what you were just saying. I don't I don't mind that for this character, the way they went to go they the way they went about it was, I mean, Gore essentially is 
correct uh or at least at, ver- at the very least the movie is trying to do its best to kind of get you to like get on his side about all of this because the way the gods are depicted in this movie like they really deserve what they got coming to them but that's the problem mm-hmm. and that's the reason why thor is fighting in the comic books at least mm-hmm. is because not all gods are bad right he just got dealt the hand of a shitty one yeah like a selfish asshole one and yeah there are those but then there are also these like wonderful benevolent gods and mm-hmm. they even touch on that in the movie where there's that big giant one that looks like a dragon that's all dead and he was like yeah he was the nicest guy ever mm-hmm. and it's like that's what you so it's like that's where the conflict comes from is because gore wants all gods dead because he thinks that all gods are terrible and that if all gods Mm -hmm. are dead but the concept that he doesn't understand is that by using the necrosword and doing that and killing all the gods he then makes himself a god right true that's where the conflict in the comic books comes from Mm -hmm. and that's where that comes from this whole like they killed my family i'm just trying to punish people because they killed my family i'm like okay that's fine Mm -hmm. but like give me more what i wanted was more i wanted more from this movie that I just didn't get. I wanted more character stuff. I wanted more like butt kicking. I wanted more like it just it just but it, it spread itself so thin between these like three or four different films that you just didn't you didn't get any I, I didn't get anything that I wanted out of it. Yeah, I think I, I think if they I think the the depiction of gore like I think Christian Bale's performance, while I loved it. I think is he was doing the best he could yeah, with what he had. I think is counter to what, or at least it undercuts what that character is mm-hmm. trying to do because the way Christian Bale is playing this character, he's playing him like a like from the outset, from like the cold open of the movie, he's like a seemingly a very rationally minded person, except for the fact that he's has a zealous devotion to the gods, right? And he's right. obviously hurting. He's obviously, like, um, broken at his, like, disposition and his lot in life and his, his daughter dying. But nothing about Christian Bale's performance in the beginning comes across as, like, oh, this guy is just moments from becoming unhinged and he's going to lose touch right. with reality all of a sudden. But that's what you do is in the comic books mm-hmm. at one point during the deal, you spend the time with learning Gore's backstory mm-hmm. and he doesn't just lose his wife. and He loses two sons, mm-hmm. his wife, yeah. his daughter, everything in service to this to this god because he's on a desert obviously he's on a desert planet that's like mm-hmm. being all the water's being conserved for this god's garden and then he finds a fight and i mean if you've seen the movie that's one thing i will say is that the intro to this movie did a fairly good job of depicting the intro and the backstory for gore mm-hmm. um they didn't quite go all the way i agree with you that like you need you need to show that this guy's almost about to snap yeah and 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 yes you do need that but you also like I I so this is partly probably because of COVID, but the way they chose to shot, shoot the cold open of the movie is very intimate. It's very, it's just Christian Bale and the daughter character, mm-hmm. and and it's it's quiet and it's him essentially just you know, I'm assuming he's trying to like take her to the oasis to be healed by the gods they never say any of this but where they're walking it seems like they're heading to that oasis but it's really far and she oh. dies along the way. Yeah, so the problem is is that in the comics they're not. They're just forced to wander this desert planet okay. with a with a god that doesn't care about them, yet they give him all their fealty because the gods feed off of worship of people mm-hmm. and that's where their power comes from. Mm-hmm. Um unless you're I think I think the difference is unless you're as guardian, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Um but yeah, so you <sighs> 
Well, let, let me finish my thought because this might help yeah, you. Yeah, sorry. Um, so the way he's depicted, like, he obviously doesn't desire much outside of his daughter. So, and here's, and here's what I wanted to ask you about the comic books. Is the whole, like, going to the center of the universe to... to meet eternity and to get that wish granted is that in the comic book too nope okay that not even a little yeah. bit that was fully contrived and you introduce the character of eternity right in such a small <laughs> minuscule the character of eternity yeah it's just this throwaway fucking moment and i that's what i that's my other mm -hmm. thing is they also tried to cram stuff in there but they didn't do it in the right way like there right. aren't fun easter eggs they're like oh wow you just burned that <laughs> yeah yeah, I think that 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 element of the story in particular really undercuts Gore because the, the Gore the character, like the way he's depicted, he's just a guy who wants to be with his daughter. And so if he knows that there's this thing uh, the, that there's this thing called eternity and if you get there you can ask for one thing, like as soon as his daughter dies, his mission should have become I'm going to go to the center of the earth or center of the universe, excuse me, and ask eternity for my daughter back. Yeah, like it's that's crazy. That's that. That's not his first. When thought. that MacGuffin exists, that's what you do. Yeah, and they you don't go around and then yes. go and I'm going to kill all the gods. Yes. You just go. No, I'm just going to go to the center of the universe <laughs> and wish for my daughter back. Right, and there's no scene showing us that like when he discovers because okay maybe he discovers the eternity thing after he's already yeah, does, started like, killing everyone gods. Know that this place right. exists because that's what it seems <laughs> right. like. Everybody's like, oh yeah, center of the universe, eternity. You can make wishes. It's cool. Yeah, and if everybody knows that, yeah, like I think there like that element of it. I think if everybody knows that there would be a line. Yes, there needed to be some kind of line. <laughs> yeah, there would be a line to get in there. Um, and yeah, it just seemed really cover really, charge. Yes, yeah, cover charge. Security at the door, checking IDs. Absolutely. Oh, no bags. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And to me, that that really the eternity thing really threw a wrench into the story for me because I'm like, it really doesn't make Gore's motivations make sense if he knows that there's this place where he can just go wish for his his daughter right. back you know and in the comic books what he does is he recreates his family out of the out of the shadow powers that mm -hmm. he has so they're like puppets and he's like living with his family they probably not didn't, his family they probably didn't want to go that way because they did that with wandavision you know what i mean they're probably like ah, eh, that feels a little well WandaVision then they shouldn't have burned gore in this movie they should have chosen a different villain yeah space them out i'm sorry but you either do it or don't but don't do this half thing anymore like so i i have a i have a quick fix for this that i think would have really okay. helped the gore storyline it was weird i if in the theater i it felt weird to me that the the bifrost which is generated through asgardian weapons was the key to eternity right oh that's also not in the comic books either. right I felt that was weird, and I didn't know why at the time. But the more the, now that I'm thinking about it with hindsight, I know why it doesn't make sense, right? Or why it doesn't make the most sense. What would make more sense is if uh, only a few people know about the you know the eternity at the center of the universe is just a myth. You know, it's a legend. No one right. knows that that's real. Um, no one's ever seen it before. And the key to eternity is the necro sword just do that because yeah if christian bale gets it and also i hate the way that the necro sword was introduced it's just like the god's like oh yeah that guy tried to kill us with that that uh invincible weapon right there please don't pick it up uh 
Yep. <laughs> Which is the crazy. intro for the Necro Sword. The Necro Sword is made of shadow and darkness. It is a part of him. Like, right. It is not a individual. I hate the way that they made that look. It's uh, looks wrong. Mm. It behaves wrong. Like it just doesn't. It's just uh, go, just guys. If you didn't like Love and Thunder, just go read Jason Aaron's run on Thor, where he creates gore, and it's mm-hmm. just it's so much better. Yeah, I I would have just is. Yeah, so I would have made the Necro Sword the key to eternity, and yeah, I would I agree. And because then that would explain like why no one else has gone there. Because if Asgardians have the tools to get there, why wouldn't they have gone there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if there's a wish that you can make, why aren't they all just there making wishes? Yeah, why didn't they wish Thanos away? Like, why didn't they wish the yeah. snap to be undone? Like, it's pretty easy because they got to the center of the universe for eternity fairly easily and quickly. Yeah, they found it just like that. Yeah, it's like and oh, it's there it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're up. Oh, it was. They just turned to the left, and they were like, "Oh, excuse me." Yeah. Eternity's just sitting right there, yeah. looking at them. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't see you there. Yeah. My bad. Yes. But that's what it felt like, and it's like if that's the case, like everything came so easily to this movie. Like there mm-hmm. was no struggle to it. It's like, oh, there's a bad guy. I'm just gonna crush him. Yep. So oh, I w- there's a conflict. We're just gonna kick it. I would have had the god. I would. So here's my here's my rewrite of the gore storyline. So same cold open on the on Gore's planet. It's a desert planet. But here's what I would have changed. Gore's God is if I don't know if there's a God character that that fits this description that already exists in Marvel. But if not, you can Probably. just make it up. Right. <clears throat> Gore's God is the guardian of the Necro sword. Uh, that he he is the the person who is who's the god who's been tasked to keep it hidden from um, everyone else because no, you know not too many gods or people know that it exists um, only a handful do and his god has been tasked with protecting it so what his god has decided to do is create this desert planet where there's just like a sad race of humanoids that are tasked with doing backbreaking labor to c- continually you know build this fortress on top of this ever-growing like sort of like Winchester uh, like mansion style fortress to keep this sword hidden right and they're not told what it's for they're just you just slave away every day every generation of your family is just building and building and building and breaking their backs doing this like the Egyptians exactly like the Egyptians Um, eventually the Thor, or excuse me, Gore is like, my daughter is dying. Um, God, please, you know, help her, whatever. We go through the whole cold open. The God's like, no, you serve a, pur- you serve a purpose is greater than you. And he's like, well, at least... Uh, take her give her the eternal reward and he's like and then the god he just gets like you fool there is no eternal reward what's happening is bigger than you you either accept that or i'll kill you all type situation and then Mm -hmm. gore is like all right if i'm not important enough for you to bring my daughter back i'm gonna figure out whatever this is that you're having us like build around he's like the first one to ask the question and then Mm -hmm. he makes it his mission to figure out what it is once he finds the sword uh, he figures he figures out what it does and does all that, and he's like, "Oh, this is the key to the center of the universe, uh, and I can wish for my daughter back. I'm gonna go do that then." And then he, but mm. so then what it becomes is the, all the other gods. Uh, he kills the god that's protecting the sword because he has to, obviously, and all the other god, gods start coming after him, like. You can't mm. have this sword. You're not even supposed to know this exists. You're not. And then that's what starts his murderous rampage. So it's not just like, I think all gods should die for no reason, even though I could just go wish no, for my. No, it's not. Even though no, I could. It's ju- not. He doesn't. 
Sorry, keep well, going. Sorry. What I'm saying, it, it becomes no reason when he knows that he can just go and ask for his daughter back. You know what I'm saying? Right. But this is what I'm saying. The intro, your, your intro is good and mm-hmm. it gives motivation. But the reason why I think that it's more impactful in the way that it happened in the movie and mm-hmm. the comic books mm-hmm. is because he makes the choice. He realizes it's, it's him. Think about this. You've lived on a desert planet your entire life. There's, not enough, there's never been enough water. Yet you've worshipped this God that's supposed to bring you rain. Mm-hmm. He brings you the most minimal amount that he possibly can. It's your entire life. You watch your entire family, mm-hmm. not just your immediate family, but your entire family die of dehydration and starvation, and yet you still plead to this character that exists somewhere on this planet or somewhere out there mm-hmm. that's going to help you, and you fully believe that this person is going to save you. Yeah. Then one day, you come across an oasis, Mm -hmm. a perfect version of your version of heaven because you've lived with rocks and dust your entire life and you find two gods fighting it out. Yours yours is the one that wins. And then when you go, why didn't you save us? His response is, because I don't care. Mm -hmm. That's more impactful because then he grabs the necrosword and kills him. And it's like, that makes more sense to me because then he makes the motivation. What we need to do is get rid of the eternity deal from the movie. You get rid of that. That part totally cheapens everything about Gore. Yeah. That little moment, it does. You need to get rid of like that. He you can't... need to make Gore a constant. Uh, truthfully, it's what I've been saying for mm-hmm. a couple of months now. You need to make Gore an actual bad guy. Just mm-hmm. make him a bad guy. Get him to the point where he's become a zealot. So he has an animated puppet family that he keeps around to soothe his consciousness mm-hmm. so that he can feel like he's not alone while he builds this bomb that's going to destroy every god in the galaxy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Yeah, well, see, even that to me, like, I feel like he he needs to be depicted as a character who, because the way he's depicted now, all he all like, I don't buy that the Christian Bale character as he's depicted in this movie would want anything else more than his daughter back. And when he cares about killing the gods more than he cares about getting his daughter back. I think that 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 is what undoes the character. Oh, that's what undoes the character for me. Um, what we're also forgetting is that the necrosword corrupts whoever holds it. True, true. I, they, yes, but which they didn't go into. Yeah, they, they didn't just go mention into, it in the little line. Right, but that's they, what makes it. But that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the key hinge about Gore is that he goes insane because the necrosword poisons his mind. Right. So it's like you needed more. Yes. You know what we needed in this movie? Yeah. Truthfully, we needed more gore. Yes, we needed we a needed lot more gore. More. Yeah, th- I feel like this sh- this the gore movie should have been like not not saying it needs to be a solo gore movie, but no, the but Thor versus the gore movie. He's the main. Yes, yeah. the Thor versus he's gore storyline. Yes, it needed to be. It needed mm-hmm. to exist entirely without all this other stuff, um, because yeah, it, there's so much that has to go into that character for you to really have to to be able to buy oh. that character. There's so much yeah. that has to go into the be- there's so much heavy lifting that has to go into the entire story that 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 character is involved yeah. in that it's like it just yeah and yeah, some of like, it I'm not gonna lie some of it is in the performance and I don't know if that's on the yep. Christian Bale side or on the directing side or even I mean to probably a lesser extent the editing side of like which like takes they chose to go with but if 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 one of the main conceits is going to be that the sword is corrupting this character and he's losing his mind. I think the performance that we get from Christian Bale in some scenes um, is believable in that way. 
But in a lot of the scenes, the way Christian Bale is playing the character, he's not playing the character in a way that feels like he's being so corrupted that he's going insane. He feels very much in touch with reality to me. What you need to do is you need to have a character that you think might hurt those kids. Yeah. Not this like, oh, I'm going to play with them in this weird little cage that I made. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like to me. He was too like, <laughs> and it's like, no. Yeah. He's too... I'm. He's too fucking family friendly. Yeah. And abducting the kids, I think, is just the wrong move. Unless yeah. you're willing to kill some of those kids on the screen, it's the mm-hmm. wrong move for this movie and that villain. And that's what Gore would do. Yeah. Real, actual comic book Gore would kill those kids. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. Because the whole point is, he's taking... I thought they were going to do the God Bomb. And I thought he was... I was like, oh, well, if you take the kids and he's stealing kids from across the galaxy to be slave labor to make this bomb... I can live with that. Yeah. That's okay. That works for me. But they didn't. They were like, we just brought the kids along so that Thor could basically just give them his power. But yeah. there's nothing canonical that says that Gork that sorry, sorry, there's nothing canonical that says that Thor can do that. Right. I I so I don't so what I think so if the Bifrost is the key to opening eternity, okay, so we're going with that. Fine. Let's go with that. If we sure. go, if we go with that. I, w- I think it would have been a much better f- – I'm coming up with a fix right now. It would have been, I think, much more impactful if Gore just absconded with Heimdall's son because, you know, yeah. the sword tells him, oh, you know, you know, this kid is the son – he controls the Bifrost or will, you know what I mean, at some point. Well, that's the thing. So mm-hmm. why isn't that just – why isn't that the – why is the Bif- why is that not the key? Like, oh, right. this guy can see through the Bifrost, and this so this one guy could see through the Bifrost, but he's dead. But his kid's around, so I'm going to steal his kid yeah. and make him look through the Bifrost and find eternity for me. So I, yeah. I would have loved that. I think it would have focused um, – it would have given Gore a reason not to murder the kid, and I think mm-hmm. it would have – a believable reason of why he doesn't just slaughter these children. Um And also, like, I think it gives a plausible reason for him to take a kid and, like, why – Thor would go after him because otherwise yeah. it's just like why why does he do that in the, at all like why does he why doesn't he just stay in Asgard and fight until they're all dead and then he kills Thor and takes the you know what I mean like yeah <laughs> there was no reason to take children yeah I think yeah I, and that's my problem it's like they just shoehorned that group of kids in there because they were like we're gonna make it a family movie yeah. it's like stop yeah stop doing this Mm -hmm. make them actually Mm pg-13 please because these toys are going to sell no matter Mm -hmm. what your kids won't your kids you don't need like craft a good storyline your kids don't need a good storyline. they're kids they're not going to pay attention what they want to do is watch thor run around on screen and be like oh cool it's thor i want the action figure Mm -hmm. like stop making these movies stop dumbing these movies down so that you can make more money you're going to make billions and billions of dollars regardless of whether you make it family friendly or not so who the hell cares multiverse of madness proved that we can make it dark and it will sell Mm-hmm. That feels so. Do that. It feels like it. It does feel like a a reactionary move to. Um, I because f- I feel like all the kids stuff was. I think uh, uh, it feels like it was added like additionally. Like it felt like mm-hmm. it was added like to the script On the afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like reshoots. Yeah, I feel like they probably that was a reactionary kind of panic move to COVID, and they're probably like, "Look, this is a Thor movie that we're still going to go ahead and make in the pandemic. We don't know." Um, while they're shooting it, they're like, we don't know 
what it's going to look like at the other side of this. So we need to make this try to hit as many as many quadrants as possible. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> but, and see, that is where my problem is. Yeah. That's where the studio mm-hmm. executives came in and then they ruined it. They were get some they kids made it in a here. Non-movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they made it a non-movie. Yeah. And some- then we have racist Russell Crowe running around in a tennis skirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. We haven't even talked about no, that. No, we haven't. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. So we talked about the gore stuff. Um, what did you think about the 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 omnipotent city uh scene and the gods in general? The scene, I guess. In, the com- the scene in the comic books is really cool. Yeah. Um just with the way that they do that. Um the movie I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of the more enjoyable scenes that I've that in the movie that I had yeah. that I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like we're adventuring, like we're sneaking around, we're being adventurers, like yeah. this is cool. Um Russell Crowe's performance was problematic at best. Yeah. For me. Totally. And I don't think they should have let him do an accent. I don't yeah. think they should have encouraged him to do an accent. He sounded like Mario. He sounded like he was making fun of a, like Greek people. Yes, I think I, I. So here, here's even though I know Mario's not Greek, he's Italian. Yeah, and he's a there's plumber. a there's a lot of layers to this because, um, listening to the the Weekly Planet, um, they're both mm-hmm. Australian and they they had some interesting insights on this because apparently, like the perform the style of performance that Russell Crowe was doing is like a very specific like Australian thing like that existed okay. in the eighties and nineties where like, cause I guess there's a big Greek um, yeah. population in Australia and like, you know, it's kind of like doing it's, it would the equivalent, the way they made it sound, the equivalent would be like doing a very Brooklyn, like New York Italian guy. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's kind of one of those over there. So it's not racist, but it's, it's, it's not racist, it's in that but gray it's, area where yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not like, racist. Cause we're making fun of white people. Yeah. yeah essentially. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the Tom Segura joke where he's like, <laughs> you can't say these words. Like now I heard you say, but Tom, what words can I say? He's like, the white ones, honky, cracker, light them up, <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. Exactly. It's one of those. And I think, it, I mean, that doesn't, that's not to say it's not problematic. I mean, uh, you know, there are, right. there are, I'm sure there's. It's still rooted in yeah, racism. For sure. It's still rooted in racism. <laughs> and they could have hired a Greek actor to do this. There's plenty of them. Why uh, not? Billy, you Z- don't Billy need Zane Russell is Greek. In that role? Billy Zane is Greek and he would have been great. Greek? <laughs> he would have been fantastic. Especially now that he's like to see Billy Zane. Yeah, especially now that he's like, you know, older Billy Zane who's got like a yeah. got a beard and stuff. I think that'd be great. Um, Less insane Zane. Yes. <laughs> they could have got Jason Manzukis to do it. <laughs> oh. That's your Come on, man. That's the missed op- dude. That's the missed opportunity yeah. right there. I, Not yeah. having Jason Manzukas as Zeus in, and then I wouldn't have felt so creepy with all those younger women around him. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That was another part that I was like, "Are we tone deaf?" Right. I understand that Zeus is a lover of women, and that you said, but you don't need to communicate. But kids aren't going to know that. Right. And if you're making this movie essentially for kids, which is what you're doing, then right. You know, you can't put those references right. in. But here's why I understand kind of why they did it. Because Taika Waititi is, he's from New Zealand, so he understands that Australian culture. Um, also, I think you are kind of supposed to, ha- I mean, not kind of, you're supposed to not like you're Russell You're supposed Crow. to hate him. Yeah. You're he su- did a good job. Yes. I, so I think there's, I think there's that element of is kind of working if you if you do find his performance offensive i think it works for like in the movie's favor <laughs> sure oh i yes no i'm saying it i was gonna say yeah. like, it does work in, in you know 
for that because totally. it makes you hate him even more because right. he's this arrogant prick. Of but at the same time, I'm you know there is an inherent problem 100%. with doing those kinds of impersonations. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, I kind of see it as like. And, 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 you know, obviously, it, I'm just talking out of my ass. But I kind of see it like yeah, when, like... both are. Yeah, so e- exactly. I kind of see it as similar as, like, when, like, um, black American actors, like, play... Do, like, really broad Jamaican accents. Or, like, really broad, like, West African accents. Like, no one's going to get mad at that, but it is problematic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because it's rooted in a stereotype. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I did... So, the problem with how the gods in this whole sequence happened, like, because they're trying to do the gore movie, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to hate all these gods, and it's supposed to, like, not be... You're not supposed to like them. You're supposed to understand why Gore wants to kill all of them. And you're mm-hmm. supposed to and then, you know, to a lesser degree, you're supposed to understand what makes Thor different, which I think is is important too. Um what makes Thor different from the rest of these assholes? You know what I mean? Um right. the problem is they're trying to have their cake and eat it too because yep. they're trying to they present this city as like gorgeous, photorealistic, floating cloud golden. mountain golden and it all looks yeah, like oasis like uh, you know escape yeah it's all presented very cool and beautiful which is kind of undercuts what they then try to do with like how they characterize zeus and all of that like i think it should have looked much more tacky you know what i mean like everything oh you want it to look more cheap yes i think that whole more sequence should have looked more like you know flash gordon 80s like tacky kind of like space opera e you like more guardians yeah. of the galaxy vibe less like avatar you know yeah i agree mm-hmm. um well it's it's the omnipotent cities feels too much like asgard yes 100 percent. it looks too much like asgard it feels too much like asgard yes. there's nothing like greek god about it and if zeus is the big one then i'm expecting like a parthenon style thing on a rock that's floating in the middle of space also uh, just a, a note and this is kind of a nitpick but honestly not really for the screenwriters you're having Thor, who is the god of thunder, squaring off with Zeus, or ple- first pleading to Zeus for his help. Uh, and, and the whole conceit of this movie is like, not all gods are bad, so we have to stop Gore. We, we, you literally spent you know, a third of a Thor movie sending off Anthony uh, Hopkins as like a great god figure who was like, who was you know thor loved with all his heart and was a good father and and even though he you know had his mistakes and he was you know he he had his mistakes with loki and all that stuff but he he uh what do you call it like redeemed himself and did all this and proved to be a great leader and stuff like that thor doesn't reference that once in this movie no like that should have been his and it's main supposed to be plea. this massive impactful deal yes yes my dad yes you knew my dad yes that should have been his main plea with Zeus. That should have been his main plea with Gore, because the, the, we spent so much time investing in those story, in that storyline, in other movies. How beautiful would it have been for Thor, uh, it, it, you know, in that sequence where he's um, even in it, like in eternity, like when he, uh, when you know that that big heartfelt sequence when Natalie Portman dies and all that at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, how beautiful would it have been if Thor is like has a moment where he's like, I know not all gods are, are bad because my father, blah 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 blah, and really give a heartfelt like 
plea like look man like what you want because i love this the sentiment of like what you want is not revenge deep down what you want is love and yeah and gods are not incapable of loving because i had this loving father odin or whatever you know what i'm saying like there could have been that but like there wasn't well, there none of been. that like no <laughs> uh and and i think it was a bummer because they i feel like they had to make that love focus on natalie portman um because she was added to this movie um but mm -hmm. i think th and they they tried their hardest and i you know and and not not to make it sound dismissive or minimize minimize it but they did try their hardest to like really make that relationship like work i, I really thought that the montage right. of them like going from their honeymoon phase to breaking up i thought was really good um yeah yeah i just i just think the Odin relationship is, is where you go, especially with dealing with fathers. And, it's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like so many opportunities yeah. were just wasted in this movie and you can see them actively being wasted. And that's what I think is so disappointing about it is it's almost like, hey, this would make sense if you did this. Like, yeah, well, we're not gonna. We're gonna do this other thing that totally doesn't make sense. Because right. it's like, why? Well, because the script says so. It's like, yeah. well, you can change it. No, we can't. We can't change the script. We have to do the script. It's like, well, the thing was already written for you in the comic books and you're not doing that. So like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like figure it out. Like fi that's the one thing I want to scream at this movie about is figure out what story you're trying to tell and then tell that one. But don't bother me with three or four different other storylines. Yeah. One of the other storylines that there that we can talk about now that they were trying to do in this movie, but I think was not given um, nearly enough um, serious attention was this sort of the weapons in this movie. Mm -hmm. There, you know, there's a running gag with you know Stormbreaker is jealous of the relationship that, that Thor has weird. with Mjolnir. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I think they they banged the drum one too many times. Yeah, I think they went to that well too often. Like it's it's if it was a joke that he lightheartedly said that was like, oh yeah, like, yeah. it's jealous, and everybody's like, oh ha ha. But to have it actually be a sentient weapon that's just like I'm hovering over you. I was like, this is so stupid. Right, like it's it's never been like that before. Like they that's a. Mm -mm. It, it, and I and to be truthfully like honest, I didn't mind that the weapons were all of a sudden kind of sentient in this because I think there was the potential to tell the story of like because what they were trying what it seemed to me like they were trying to do with the weapons thing was there was this layer of like we're looking at three different people who have weapons. We have Mjolnir with Natalie Portman, we have Thor with Stormbreaker, and we have Gore with the Necro Sword. And it, it, there was a, an opportunity to to really tell a story about. Uh, the, the three different ways people interact with power you know what i mean right. natalie portman you know some people cling to power because they feel like it's the only thing keeping them alive even though it's the thing that's killing them i think that's a really right. powerful statement to make um i think there's you know thor is um you know you sometimes you know i think there's a there's there's some arc there to have with him and stormbreaker and learning to whatever appreciate the power that you have whatever blah blah blah, blah. and then there's another there's another version of what they're of that story with gore um i think that's it echoes sort of the natalie portman thing but it's also about like you know when you know in the seeking of power sometimes when you gain power it can it can mess with your 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 internal navigation it can it can mess right. with your priorities because you know right. i i think that would have been a great thing it's like look dude you don't even you don't even realize like you've been so caught up with this sword and the power that it's given you you didn't even realize that instead of wishing for gods to be dead you can just wish for your daughter to come back and that would have been powerful right. although they never really speak to that like it, it doesn't really no. That realization he kind of comes to on his own silently, which I'm like, no, man, you like, let's have a conversation about this. 
yeah, that would be a great conversation in a movie to have between two characters, don't you think? Yeah. It's yeah. like they don't it's like they have character they have conversations about stuff that doesn't need to have be conversed about and then the stuff that does need to be talked about, they're like, Yeah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be too icky. It's too many feelings. Yeah. Um yeah, the, they could have uh yes, I think um so yeah, all of that I thought was interesting. I thought the the uh, but that being said, I thought that the 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 sentient uh, weapons bit was pretty funny, but they kept going back to it too much, and it, it kind of undercut. It, it was funny the first time, yes, and then the subsequent times afterwards, I was like, this doesn't fit the movie. Yeah, the the first time they did they did it was was like. All of him hinting at it, I thought was very funny, like talking about it. And then the one joke where, like, he—I forget what he's like. Thor is doing, but he's like, he's like waxing poetically about Mjolnir or something like that. And then Stormbreaker slowly enters the frame, like yeah. I, you know. I thought that was very funny. But once they kept going to it after that, I was like, okay, this is too much. We get it. You know what I mean? I don't want the weapons to be sentient yeah. because then can they feel pain when they right. are used to hit things? Like, yeah, it brings it's a up can so of worms. many problems and questions. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole can of worms that you just don't want to open. Like, that's why you just don't open it. Right. Um, they did... Oh, God, they did so many weird things with this movie. Yeah, and also, like, so can Thor just bestow anyone with his powers periodically? Because It's not canon, Asan, <laughs> so we don't know. Because that would have been really useful in that all of these other movies. That was news to me that he can just be like, here is my power. Because Wield it. Why didn't they do that in Endgame? Why didn't he just say, okay, why all haven't the, they all the done good that guys. in every movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the good guys, you have why my powers Thor on top fight? of your powers. He just gives them his power and he goes, all right, there's an army. I'm going to yep. sit back and drink this beer. Like, why wouldn't you give Hulk, Hulk, like, why wouldn't you give Hulk Thor powers on top? Like, I, I don't I don't understand. Asan, <laughs> these are the questions that lightning, forgive it, but lightning style went through my brain the minute he was like, here, children have my power. I was like, so you, you couldn't give Hulk that. <laughs> you couldn't give the event. You couldn't give the Wakandans that during any the, of the end game. Any of the human when, characters? Like, come on, man. Human, so when the army's facing down overwhelming odds and Thanos' army is attacking Wakanda, you couldn't just give everybody superpowers immediately yeah. and then we could have won the day a little bit more easily and then probably killed Thanos and then not everybody had to turn to dust yeah so you're telling me that that was the key to winning that war the, that battle that day and you didn't do it it's crazy it, it, it really is like gross it's funny negligence how when you introduce powers that aren't canonical how nerds go no that yeah. doesn't work because of these reasons yeah it just doesn't work at all like yeah no, it, just, it doesn't it, it, and it cheapens it cheapens the kill shot yeah, hundred percent. Thor doesn't get a kill. Like I want to see Thor battling Gore's armies of shadowed, like shadowed ne- demons and like all that stuff because that's what makes it when when yeah when Thor finally kicks Than Gore in the nuts and takes him down. That's when mm-hmm. you get that like yeah because he earned it right. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't do that. It takes the chance of Thor- truly showing off Thor's ability to really truly kick some ass and just doesn't do it. Like it shows it in the intro for Guardians, but other than that, but that's a whole separate movie than the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Totally. It just, it just doesn't. It's yeah. It just. <laughs> what would you think of the? Uh, what do you think of the black and white fight sequence on that? I loved it. That planet. I, thought that I loved cool. that. Yeah, I thought it was. I great. like the idea that there's a planet that's just color is not a thing. Yeah. Like, it just sucks you down. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Um, the one thing I also got tired of, if we're talking about things we got tired of real quick, uh, the the amount of times the goats were, how many times we oh, went back to the screaming yeah, goats gag? Yeah, that was, oh man. I don't care. Yeah. You are so late on the screaming goats gag, it's not even funny, and they don't scream in the, in, they don't scream in the fucking comics. And so there's, like, there's no interesting reason why they're there. You know why they did that? They did that to make kids laugh. 100%. 100%. That's literally just a kid. 
God, and, I am liking this movie less and less. And, and, and look, I don't have a problem with adding things because kids are going to like it. Like that's fine because I think a, no. a good version of that is the the giant ant in Ant Man. Uh, yes, I think that's great. Ant Man is perfect. Ant Man is a family friendly mo- yes. series of movies that does it well. Yes, that understands that understands what it is. Thor is not supposed to be family friendly. Right. Like it's just not by his nature or the content found within the 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 you know. The source material, like, yeah. it's just like so. Stop trying to make him like the family friendly dad guy. Yeah, if there's, we don't need a family friendly dad guy. If you need to introduce a family friendly dad guy, then go get what's his face who played um, uh, Sugar Bear in uh, Deadpool two. Oh, I don't remember the guy that. It's the regular guy that joins the oh, X-Force team. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know team. what you're talking about. Yeah, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Get him to be in a Marvel movie and make the movie about him. Yeah. Then it'll be Dad the movie. Like, if you really want to make a father figure, don't do it with Thor. Yeah, like, I totally... It, I it, to- shoot, it, it ruins the character. Yeah, like, I totally buy that this Thor would have... Like, he would maybe think it's funny or, like, it would, would be endeared to these screaming goats and, and would make everyone put up with it even though it's insufferable. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that. But you yeah. have to give, give us enough justification as to why these goats are there um and why he loves them like why he brought them aboard like what it is like just give us a a quick scene of like why he loves the idea of having these goats around like uh, otherwise they're just there just because they are they're there because the script says so because they want to show off (laughs) yeah that they travel a lot by Bifrost Bridge in the comic books, and what they do so is they travel by ship. And mm-hmm. then part of that is he travels by ch- – in, in subsequent comic books, he travels by chariot through the same methodology that the, the Bifrost creates that road mm-hmm. that the goats can run on. Mm-hmm. He travels by chariot, goat-driven chariot, like he does in the actual like Norse mythology, mm-hmm. but that's what that is. So that's basically – they were like, oh, Thor does this, so we're just going to do it because we can. Yeah. Like and it, and it's Thor without any meaningful insertion or reason thereof. They just because we can't. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. And they pull the boat for some reason, but like, you don't need that necessarily. Like it's magic. It's nope. a, it's a yeah. It's really. How weird. about this? How about you just don't introduce the boat getting broken in the first place, and then you don't have this weird like <laughs> yeah. extra reason to like introduce something that just kind of derails your movie. Yeah. Um. Back to the 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 black and white sequence. I want I want to go there for oh, a yeah, second. Yeah. For sure. I like I I thought that was probably the best sequence in the movie. Um. I thought it was a, the best visualization of like um that of Gore's power set. I think, and I just mm-hmm. thought it was a really imaginative. Like in you know obviously. In an infinite universe, there are going to be like micro planets that are really, really small. I mean, we have one in our solar system, like Pluto. I think is the the yeah. micro one. Yep. Uh, yep l- the one that wasn't a planet, yeah. and then it was a planet, then it wasn't, and now it is again. Yeah. I think. Yeah, something like that. It- is it growing and shrinking? <laughs> yeah. If it is, we need to get somebody to check on yeah. that. <laughs> Who's checking on Pluto? Um, that makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just thought it was a really imaginative way to use shadows. It took me a second to figure out what was going on, but um, so. The planet is so small that the yes. star that it's orbiting is whipping around like every every few minutes. Like every few minutes yeah. that like is a year essentially on that the planet. The constant shifting of the shadows yes. during that sequence was so cool. It was so cool. Like I thought it w- it added like a kinetic kind of it almost felt like stop motion because of that. Like yeah. it, it just felt really cool. Like it was really imaginative and like I thought it was really cool. I thought that sequence was really great. Um, oh, I thought it was awesome. I I like it when they 
desaturate stuff down to the point. It's the same reason why I love the black and white sequence in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. When uh, like it adds when when done properly, and this is one of the few things that this movie did like well mm-hmm. was by introducing that it added a little bit of a weird kind of like puts you on an off kilter footing yeah. a little bit. Like you're a little like oh I don't know what's happening. Totally. Yeah, I loved that sequence. Um, trying to think, uh, what'd you think of uh, Korg in this? It's kind, it's uh, kind of there. He was just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't really serve a purpose. It's kind of like everything in this movie. It's everything else in this movie. It was there, but it didn't really serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, totally. He was just kind of there because Taika Waititi needed more money, I guess, or something like that. But like, the character's endearing, but he's not endearing enough for me to be like, Korg's back! I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, Korg's here. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. He's fun. Yeah. But he doesn't really bring anything to the... He brings a little lightheartedness to like some of the other movies, but he doesn't really bring anything to this movie. He's just kind of around, and then he's a face for no reason. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, you know what? I would have loved... I feel like this should, and we've been saying it this whole time, but I think, in like so, in so love, Thor, Love and Thunder should have been the story of Thor and Natalie Portman, uh, mm-hmm. dealing with the fact that she's dying, and yep. that she discovers that if she uses the Thor power, she can stay alive, um, and and then it essentially becomes a movie about what it about quality of life what does it mean to be alive and to love people who are dying um because mm-hmm. you know we're all loving are loving people who are dying you know eventually yeah. um and oh, yeah. it, it's a movie about that and then it sets up and then i think it allows thor to have the arc where he learns it's it's more important to love than to not love at all um right. and then and then you give him the daughter character and then make the eternity thing in this movie like in in uh in um uh, that movie I'm describing, the eternity thing is in that, and then the wish comes yeah. down to like, you know, you uh, you, you don't make uh I don't I, I think the gore making the daughter that Thor ends up with Gore's daughter is a little clunky for me. I'd rather have that if That's... he wants a daughter in the movie, you can make that daughter character any other like it doesn't have to be Gore's daughter. Or you know what I mean? If Jane Foster has to die. Mm-hmm. Why not have her have a kid? And then that's Thor and Jane Foster's 100%. kid, and there you go. But this whole Gore's daughter, like, suddenly taking care of the bad guy's daughter, I'm like, yeah. no, it does. that doesn't work. Yes. You give Natalie Portman a, a, a daughter, uh, and then, yeah, and then it's about, you know, then it's like, like a family. you have to yeah. ruin the end of the movie mm-hmm. by introducing a new daughter character, mm-hmm. which is only going to slow down the franchise from here on out, mm-hmm. because you're adding too much for Thor. You can't give Thor too much responsibility. He's not a responsibility-laden guy. He's just kind of this, I'll float from the next, from one fight to the next. Like, it... it I got it doesn't it. work. It, it literally <laughs> does not work to give him a daughter in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And to do so, even to make it Gore's daughter, makes it just, it's just like, why? Yeah, I mean... It doesn't, endo- it doesn't make we, it endearing. It just makes it weird. We had Korg even set up in the, the in like sort of the, the history of Thor, uh, that Thor was, you know, he's a rolling stone. Like, he'd have sex with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, have the daughter show up uh, from some alien woman he had sex with uh, a decade yep. ago. And she like is it drops the kid off and is like, "Look, this is your kid now." Whatever, right? Uh, and right. then you know, have that be the, you know, have Thor come to Natalie Portman like, 
this is so you know this is so exciting uh, or maybe he's not excited about it. he's like I don't know what to do here I need your help with this I don't think Thor would be excited yeah. that he had a kid yeah he's like I don't even in this version of Thor right. I still don't buy that he would be excited or would want a child yeah. around so yeah so he goes out to Na- he reaches out to Natalie Portman for help and then that's when she like you know at some point not maybe not right away but she lets him know look I, I know you you know you envision me helping you with this but I'm I'm dying and then that is like oh shit, now they have to confront what does it mean to be a family if one person's dying and just have that movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And then once Natalie Portman dies and and then the the eternity wish and all that, whatever, blah, 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 right? Then the next movie is Thor versus Gore. Thor, you know, Thor and uh, Thor, the God Butcher or whatever is the the name of the next movie, right? Um. And then it's Thor, who is now a new father, uh, you know, and there's nice poetry because Gore is just became not a father because his kid right. died. Um, right. Yeah. And so then you, then you have Thor squaring off against this guy who's vowed to kill the gods because they didn't care enough to save his daughter. And then you have Thor trying to spend basically spending the whole movie trying to teach gore that you know uh people die that's what happens and it's and it's love is more important than than revenge or hatred uh and he knows that because he has a daughter and he recently lost his wife uh, in natalie portman and i just feel like they should have been two separate movies like it just yeah yeah it's just not it was three movies mashed together yeah (laughs) that were all fighting for supremacy and none nobody won nobody audience didn't win (laughs) exactly like if the audience doesn't win then you then honestly i'm sorry but your movie isn't great no it's like like if the audience loses by watching your movie sorry like you didn't do a good enough job Mm -hmm. and that's what i feel on this movie they just didn't do a good enough job they it felt so phoned in yeah and so just like nobody like the act like I said, the actors were doing their best job, but they felt mm-hmm. it felt like they were the only ones that were really trying to do a good job. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on from the movie? Not really. I think I've talked about it, everything that I can. He was yoked in this movie. Oh, yeah, he was shredded. He was shredded. This is the biggest he's ever been. Yes, 100 percent. He was Holy gigantic. How? Yep. Like I didn't realize the human body could pack on that much muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you have an infinite Disney budget behind you, you can make yes, magic happen. and all of the highest, best trainers in the world. That's what I love when people are like, I'm going to work out, I'm going to look like Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, cool. Yeah. So you just came into like millions of dollars for some for some reason? Like, that must be nice. What's that like? <laughs> exactly. So your job is working out now? <laughs> yes. Um, I could look like that too if I have, my job was working out. Totally. Um, I would love to, I would love for that to be my job. Well... We'll see when they uh, finally recast Thor. You can go audition. I'll, I'll be far too old. I'll, I'd be good for uh, by the fine they, by the time they do it, I could uh, audition for uh, King Thor. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, or Odin. That's true. Or Odin. Um, yeah, whatever. Bright career for me. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Derek, where can people <laughs> find you online? You can find me at Cinephile84. It's capital C I N E P H I L E 84 on Instagram. You can find me at Derek underscore nickel. That's D E R E K underscore N I C K E L on Twitter. Cool. You can find um, me on social media at Asan the DJ at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and weeklyregular.com. Derek, thanks again for joining me, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>